Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? It's week two at the U.S. Open. Tennis Bets Live is back again. Pamela Maldonado, Zico, Zachary Cohen, Kenny Ducey will be joining shortly. What's up, fam? Everybody is back. We're into the latter stages, and uh, there's been a lot going on. Pam, starting with, I guess, last night, there was a lot of tennis. The final match, Sinner and Zverev, which I believe was the first U.S. Open match to ever take place inside of a sauna. But they end up winning. Uh, they end up going the distance. Zverev wins the match. War of attrition, literally. And uh, showing you that it's not always about the highest level of tennis. It's just survival mode in a lot of these best of five men's matches. People really underestimate the service conditions. Um, playing during the day is not the same as playing at night. And as we see, the humidity definitely ramped up. The crowd, the amount of people that are in the in, in there, just like, and then it's kind of like in a little bowl. I've been to the U.S. Open. We know that Kenny's there now. But if you've ever been there, you're really enclosed. So being down on the court, those conditions really can change and alter what you think is going to happen simply because yes, it comes down to endurance. It comes down to stamina. It comes down to who is in, in better fit form, who can handle that type of humidity. We've seen players like Medvedev struggle with it. Um, if Sinner with cramps and stuff in the past, even Carlos. So nobody is um, free from it and it can happen to anybody. It can affect anybody negatively. Yeah, Zico, I, I'm not going to say, you know, obviously there's fitness questions with a lot of these players. It's brutal. And I saw some of the analysis that when they, you know, put the roof up, there's no air circulation. It's brutal. We saw Zverev go through like six pairs of shoes, a lot of unnecessary zoom ins, on my opinion, and all the sweat that was going on. But, you know, the, it just goes to show you that it is it is a very long run to the title, getting on and off the court and getting the luck of the draw of not just who you play, but as Pam said, what time you play. We're about to see Djokovic play his first day match of basically the tournament. So it's going to be interesting to see how not just Novak, but all these players, guys and girls, handle the different conditions that the tournament throws at you. Yeah, and it's especially interesting with Djokovic because of how much he struggled in that day match in Cincinnati. It's going to be really hot, really humid here. Uh, part of my handicapping for that match did factor that in. I do think that his team is generally trustworthy. I think that they'll do a good job of getting him prepared for this match. I don't think we'll see him, you know, having heat stroke, but I do think he might struggle with the conditions a bit. And I trust Fritz as, you know, a California kid to be pretty much okay under the, you know, in the heat. So I think that that's going to be, you know, pretty important in this match. Yeah, it's interesting too. We saw the women's side as I believe Coco Goff's just running through Ostapenko right now. We'll keep tabs on that one, but. You know, she's a Florida kid as well, and you see some of the players that train in these hot states. I know Pam's in Vegas right now, so maybe she'll start training out there with that weather situation. What was the temperature like out there right now? It was cooler than Austin. I got here, and I was like, did winter hit come early over here? I should have been here all along. It was still 110 in Austin, and it was only 90 degrees. It was beautiful, 87. I was like, well, let's, uh, we got a lot to get to. We got some picks on the way. We're going to get to the future market in a second, but I want to just, you know, Offered up to you guys, looking at the first week of the U.S. Open. Uh, Pam, what stood out to you the most? Something you learned? Something that shocked you? Just some initial thoughts on week one of the U.S. Open. 
Um, I mean, you mentioned, you were the one that told me that there is that stomach bug that was going around and stuff like that. As soon as you get whiff of that from a betting perspective, back off because you have no idea who that's going to affect. We can make our assumptions that players like Novak Djokovic, who has, you know, the higher caliber player, the higher salary, and those are going to be the ones that are probably less affected. But that was something like that I saw. I was like, okay, I'm not going to bet here in the next couple of days. Um, But I mean, I think the biggest interest for me has been Ben Jelton. Um, seeing him, we talked about it pre-tournament, that he was potentially somebody that could come in and just like steamroll his opponents because we saw him do well at the Australian Open. But he hasn't done anything since. And here he is back in the mix. And I, I would like to say that Ben Jelton is probably the American player that excites me most. And I'm really looking forward to what he can do here in the next couple of years. A lot to get to with Shelton and, and those serves and everything about his game and personality. Zico, I asked that same question to you, week one of the U.S. Open. What's, uh, what's caught your attention? Yeah, I just think it's kind of interesting the way you see trends develop throughout the tournament. Like, I have made a lot of money this tournament so far, kind of taking Coco's opponent to win a set just because there are players that you can always count on to play, you know, one bad set. I know she's not doing it here against Ostapenko, which is I – didn't, I didn't put any bet on this match because I did think that Ostapenko could potentially go off the rails after such a good performance against Iga. But there are things that happen throughout the tournament that you see repeat themselves. Mm-hmm. Certainly are. We're going to bring into the show Kenny Ducey from the site. We'll see how his connection's going. It's a little rough. It's a little, it's a little out there, but I also want to say, too, um, just to mention, Kenny, good to see you as always uh, in whatever wind tunnel you're in right now. Get uh, a comment. Get a comment on the show right when it started. And I just want to throw. It's like, oh, good, Ducey isn't here. Well, jokes on you because right now. So, Kenny, <laughs> he just said, oh, yeah. No, I don't know no. if you can hear me because you waited way too long to bring me into the show. Do I sound okay? Yeah, sorry for waiting 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah, no, that's that's all right. That's all right. You know, I just, I, I'm just here covering the U.S. episode 3 a.m. and I needed to sleep a little bit. Uh, but no, I, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, hello to all the haters and losers out there. Hello. How, how did it, how did, I just want to ask that guy one question. How did it feel being on Yannick Center Moneyline and staying up right. until 2 a.m. just to lose? All right. He's a heel. Perfect. Um, let's get to the, uh, let's get to the future markets first, Kenny. I know you got picks and we got a lot to get to. This is uh, as close to live updated as I find, but uh, Djokovic at minus 115 heading into today's action, obviously. Alcaraz is looking pretty at plus 150, and then you can see the markets and the long shots from there. Pam, anything stand out to you about this or any action you're looking to make now that you see these numbers? Well, this is kind of uh, what we're talking about. I mean, we haven't talked about it, so it's hard to discuss futures when one of the lines that I like is kind of contradicting what my pre-tournament bet was um Djokovic now at minus 115 is super impressive to me I know we're talking about his stamina I think he's fine (laughs) during the day versus during at night I think he's going to be okay in today's match um it's still kind of a toss-up I would knock out Tiafo at this point honestly Zverev and Kenny might be onto something I think Zverev at 24 to 1 sprinkles something Yeah, maybe I just think he's this year's Hatchinoff, you know, Pam, like I feel like he feels like Hatchinoff last year was such a solid player who was playing really good matches, went under the radar and went to the semifinals and no one really expected it. And I think that we're not really I mean, now maybe we are, but we weren't really rating Zverev as the top five player. We knew he was prior to the injury. But as he said last Mm -hmm. night, he's back. Right. I think I'm back. And 
I mean, you know, that, that's the thing is we, we kept saying Hatchinoff is going to lose every round, especially to Kyrgios, and every round he just kept winning. So, uh, I, you know, every year it seems like there's one of these guys. Yeah, Zico, if you look at a guy like Zverev and what he's done and how the odds have reflected, it was, it was only plus 3,000, I say only. So it wasn't like he was much different than he was before the center match, but I agree with Kenny. We're starting to see the old Zverev, and I say that as someone that's still not very old, but Zverev finding his form after that injury. Yeah, and I was on with Kenny yesterday. Both of us kind of said that Zverev was back before his on-back moment, so happy to be on that train. But I do think that he's going to run into a problem with Alcaraz because of the you know physical toll that I think that that last match will take on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, you know, don't break your arm, pat yourself on the back there. I understand. <laughs> I, if we're going to talk about that match for one second, I, just, I, I thought that I, I tweeted something out last night. It was at 3 a.m., so no one saw it. But I, I think something interesting is that a lot of people I've seen are overlooking or looking past. I guess that's a, that's the, that's what overlooking means, right? Uh, mm-hmm. They're not willing to give Zverev any credit for his win at Carlos, against Carlos Alcaraz or Roland Garros last year. You know, I think the thought is, hey, Carlos Alcaraz is much further along in his development right now. He's much more dominant. Um, two things: one, Carlos was the co-favorite with Novak Djokovic to win the French Open last year. He had just won Miami. He was playing unbelievable tennis. Yes, he's got more experience now. He's won a Grand Slam since then, but still two Grand Slams. But still, uh, that was a quality win. Uh, you know, Zverev was a, an underdog in that match, a sizable underdog at that, and he just wore the he won, he won the mental war of attrition. And then a lot of people are looking at the Madrid loss this year and saying, well, hey, uh, what happened there? You know, he just absolutely got smoked by Carlos in Madrid. Madrid's his favorite tournament. He's going to lose again. The thing I would caution with that match is that Zverev was nowhere near the level that he is right now. He was still working his way back. And also, I mean, you guys would probably agree with me if you watched that match. That match was over before those two even stepped onto the court. When Zverev walked out, he had no energy. He looked defeated. He looked like, I'm never going to beat this kid right now, the plane the way I am. He had almost lost to uh, Roberto Carballas Baena in that tournament. So I-, I think that this is a much more winnable match this time around. And if both men are fit, then I think Zverev has a good chance to, you know, make this a match, maybe even win it. Uh, but I do think, like Pam said, and like Zach said, the physicality of last night's match, considering the conditions, certainly may have taken a lot out of him. But we did see Rafa Nadal recover from losing 10 pounds to a heat stroke or whatever that was and uh, win the Australian Open. So who knows? Yeah, and Pam, I'd, I'd throw it to you saying that, yes, uh, I agree with a lot of what Kenny's saying. When Alcaraz is going to be a favorite against basically everyone but Djokovic, he plays. The type of players that could give him trouble on a day where he's not at his best would be an informed spare of with the weapons that we've seen. So are we going to go ahead and talk about that match then? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah, we can. Uh, I wanna... We're already on there. <laughs> we already I want to get to that in a second because we got to get to the other stuff. Let's rebel people. against Mitch. We'll just do whatever we want. And we'll yeah, just we gotta... he's the teacher. Without so, yes, yeah, so what I want to say about this match, we're not giving picks yet. Great, we'll wait. What I'm going to say then to continue on that is look at the players that, first off, I had this pegged exactly, and it's working out in my favor. Pre-tournament, I did the tournament draw. I did a podcast, and I said Zverev will beat Sinner, and then Carlos will beat Zverev. My idea has changed a little bit on this. And if you look at the players that uh, Carlos, that Carritos has faced, he had a walkover against Dominic Kofer, uh, Lloyd Harris, Dan Evans, and then Arnaldi. These are all players that, hey, Carlos is supposed to look dominant against, and he's supposed to win in oh, straight sets. Dan Evans a little bit here. Ah, Dan Evans over here. He's a but these are players so well. that are supposed to be warm-up matches to him. What we're seeing from Carlitos is, yes, he has he's a human highlight reel. Everything that he does is going to look a million times better than the rest of his opponents. 
Now you're getting somebody that can actually contest against you. A big time server. It depends on what time you're playing during the day. Um, I would say if they play during the day versus at night, that ball is going to pop for Zverev. I'm very much looking forward to that match as I'm alluding to. <laughs> I just want to back up what Pam was saying. I think one thing about the, the fact that Zverev is a big server, I thought he won that match last night. Uh, he had a, I mean, he had several, uh, several tough service games, but I believe it was in the fourth set. Uh, down break point, he had a second serve eighth at 131. That is something that Carlos has just not seen really probably since the last time he faced Alexander Zverev in Madrid. And I, I think the fact that he has just been, again, I mean, it, it's par for the course for him. We serve 70% every match. It's insane. Uh, but that that is just such a difficult task for Carlos. We know he loves to attack on the second serves. That's how he wins matches. Uh, so that's going to be a very difficult. We're not going to be picks, of course. Just no. I'm very excited. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I want to fly through the picks and spend time, but Zico, we got to get to the women's features too, as Coco Golf is rolling away with this match as well. Uh, thoughts on the updated board as of about 30 seconds ago when Golf came down to plus 150. Sabalenka 195. Vukova the number three. Keys, Vandrosova. Still some you know picks after that that aren't too far off, but your initial reaction to the updated futures for the women yeah i mean i had coco at 12 to 1 so i'm really happy about her being first right now um obviously it's far there's still a lot of tennis left to be played but the one that stuck six out to me i think is madison keys at plus 750 i think she's going to beat von drusova in that match and i think that if she gets sabalenka in new york she has a chance of winning that so i think that that's a pretty good price on a player that's playing really well right now i know that you know she could be a little bit erratic at times but she's really hitting the ball in the court with a lot of power right now. And her serve looks great. And her return game has gotten to the point where it's borderline elite, if not elite. Penny, when you look at this, when you look at these numbers, are you back to favorites or do you think these long shots, relatively long shots, or somebody else could be making a move here? I mean, I like Kirstea today, which we'll talk about in a little bit. I think she's playing really well. I'm not really sure I would buy into Makova at this price. Madison Key is, I did see her play Ludmilla Samsonova. Sorry, uh, it was just a very long night last night. And I did think that she looked really, really good in that match. I, I thought that the backhand really did a lot of work in that third set. Um, and a lot of people, you know, they love to criticize Maddie Keys for the fact that when we get to this stage in a Grand Slam, she always folds. But, I mean, she's got just as good of a chance uh, in, in this match against anyone. Again, I would continue to highlight that backhand, which did a lot of damage uh, against a lefty in Von Drusova. I think this could be a good matchup for her. I think she's a deserving favorite. But still, I mean, no one looked as good as Sabalenka last round, men or women. And, I, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of surprised, frankly. I, I actually looked last night, and I saw Sabalenka was the favorite over Coco. And I guess now because of the way that this match has gone with Ostapenko, perhaps there was uh, a little bit of fear from the odds makers coming into play when we talked about her not being the favorite, I would still make Sabalenka the favorite here. I don't know what you guys think. Well, I, I think, think it's because Coco's now in the semis. So, uh, so if she right, wins but this I mean, match, I, I still, I still yeah. would say that she – right. They were saying they were worried that they were that she was going to lose out to Penko. Penko was only a plus 200 underdog. I, mean, I understand the odds. But I still think Sabalenka's by far my, my pick yeah. to win. I agree, but I think the wins of – this feels like, and I'm not saying it's right or anything, but this is the sports books, you know, and this is the public saying the wins feel like it's Coco's time. Iga's out. Again, not saying I co-sign this line of thinking, but we're seeing her get the boost that, or I would agree with you that Sabalenka, but we've seen, we've seen Arena also kind of self-combust too. But I think if you can get Sabalenka at this high of a plus figure, Kenny, I agree. And I don't give you agreements that often, but I'll give you this one. 
Yeah, well, and hey, someone who wrote up uh, Coco Goff's future for the New York Post before the tournament I, I and, and has one, uh, I would love to see her win. I, I do think she'll probably win, but as of now, if you're making a bet right now on who's going to win, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're we're all in lockstep there, Mitch. That's that blank is the move. All right, let's get to some picks. Tennis bets live. Kenny DC, Pamela Maldonado, Zachary Cohen. We're going to go through a lot of them, and Pam, I want to start with you because – this vera of action that you have, again, going against Carlos in the in the bets, there's a lot. Like, I got the list from you, and it's a lot. So we're going to start with the game, <laughs> work through some stuff. Uh, first one, plus six games. I see it at about 105. The numbers change. You can get anywhere from five and a half to six and a half games. So let's call it an, uh, an even six. Thoughts on this bet and why this might be the one to make? I have a Carlitos Futures. I'm not calling this a hedge because a hedge to me is once a player is actually in the final. But for me, it's fair to say that Zverev is back in form. Pre-tournament, I said that Zverev would defeat Sinner in the fourth round and Carlitos would defeat Zverev if Zverev was not back. And that what I've seen in this tournament is I think he's back. He definitely is going back into full form. He has the serve weapon that we just talked about, the heavy ground stroke game that's full, that looks just like super solid. This type of play from Zverev, in these conditions where the ball can absolutely pop if they have a day match, can disrupt any opponent, including Carritos. He's not immune to a strong player. He just looks super solid right now, as mentioned, that he's playing a lot of lesser quality opponents. Um, I think that he does have the weapons to challenge Alcaraz in this matchup with the weapons that he has at play. My only concern is, yes, the marathon. Marathon of a match that he had against Sinner. It, I think he can be uh, competitive in this, if whether it maybe it goes to tie break, he breaks them, takes off a set, plus two and a half sets was my other option. Um, I would love to actually see the plus three fifty money line was enticing to me. I'm being conservative and saying that he can stay competitive in this using the second, the second, the second serve is going to be huge. Um, it's free points. Yeah. So Zico, I mean, it sounds like Pam's saying that Zverev's John Wick just back, ready to go, but but also. <laughs> There's a lot. Of, I mean, we, I joke about it, too. There's a lot of action she has on the board. I mean, do you have one in particular that stands out to you of all the picks she made that would be the one you would target? I don't hate the set play at minus 190. It's, you know, it's a little bit of juice, but I don't see Carlos winning in straight sets, depending on when that match is. I actually think it'd be a disadvantage if it's played earlier in the day just because it's less time for his body to recover. I know that the serve would be better, but I don't know. I think he needs a little bit more time to get ready, but I – I just don't really see it happening after the way he played the other night. I just, I mean, last night, but I think that he'll be a little bit too tired. And I do think Alcaraz has looked really good. I know that the, I know he's supposed to win these matches, but I thought Arnaldi played really well last match and Alcaraz just looked too good for him. And I think that this is just, I don't know. I think a slow hard court is Carlos's best surface. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Kenny, Kenny, I know that, I mean, this is good. We got some real synergy across the board, and it's not the end on this show, but I know you have, you're going to have some Zvera of action, so what would that be? Yeah, I think I like the games here. I think the, to win a set at minus 190 is just, it's tough to pay for. The two sets, as we learned yesterday with Jack Draper, not always a fun bet. 
Uh, I do think that Zverev's conditioning here is not really being talked about enough. I think he is a very physical player. We saw him uh, when he rolled his ankle against Rafa Nadal. What was that? Two and a half hours in at Roland Garros and just like mm -hmm. the second set. Uh, he was ready to go another four hours. And I felt the same way last night. Now, he did say he did say after the match he thought he was done. He said, I thought I was done after the fourth set. I just had nothing, nothing left. Um, and, you know, obviously that wasn't true. But I also think the conditions had a lot to deal with it. I don't know how much – I mean, I missed the first three minutes of the show. Thanks for waiting for me. Um, but I don't know how much you guys talked about the conditions last night. But that was one of the most extreme weather uh, – one of the most right. extreme conditions I can remember covering the U.S. Open in my 10 years covering this event. Um, the air was incredibly heavy. It was hard to hit through. I mean, all, uh, court was playing like the clay court last night. Sinners – a lot of mm -hmm. sinners' forehands that usually would be error or uh, winners were not winners. I think the core conditions played a, a big role in why Zverev was so tired. But he's a very fit guy. I think he's one of the top 10 fittest guys on tour. We saw last night with Yannick Sinner's body failing him that just there is a big difference between these big boys who have been on tour versus a little kid like him who, I, I mean, I'm, I don't want to, you know, insult the man, but he's only been on tour for a few years. His, he's still growing into his body. This guy yeah. is incredibly fit right now. I think he, we have to start treating him like he was a top five player or the top five player he was. I think he's fit enough to get this done. I think he's going to look fresh for at least two sets. So I think the spread is a very good move here. I okay. agree with him. Okay. I've got two comments to make if I if we have time. Yeah, go ahead. Um, one of them was the, the, the message that I sent to Mitch was plus Zverev everything, plus two and a half sets, one and a half sets, plus six games, plus money line. I am, I felt pretty strong that this is something, yes, everything that Kenny's saying, am I agreeing with? <laughs> Ring the bell because this may not yeah. ever happen again, but he, you're exactly well, now, right. Well, now he I'm is, really worried that Zverev's going to I think we're seeing I think we're seeing the 2022 version of uh, Zverev before he went down from injury, and I was very excited about that version of Zverev. The this second is, comment that I will make is if Carlitos gets through Zverev in this type of condition right now with his form that he is in, then I think we're, what we are seeing from Carlitos is the Roger Federer when when he won just five years in a row, destroyed everything. That's Carlitos that we're seeing. Mm. Well, well. I, 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 I'm, I'm just riding my Zverev plus 900 future to win that quarter, which I, I was hoping would get to this stage. I'm very scared, but I, I, I think he can do it, man. I think he can, okay. do, I think he can win this match. All right. Well, hey, I should mention DraftKings. DraftKings has Zverev to win one set at minus one fifty-five. If you don't want to do the minus one ninety. All right. Cool. Uh, Kenny, we have official start times too. By the way, that's why we start the show at ten and say ten, like it's coming. Regardless, uh, it's more synergy on the way uh, from the boys in the group. Uh, Fritz to win one set. I know there's different ways to price this. I'm seeing it about minus one twenty-five. That match will be starting off shortly. Zico, talk me through this one because. I'm looking at it on the surface like they've played close sets in the past. Djokovic has won the majority of them, but to win one set seems like a fair price here. Yeah, and I know I probably shouldn't be questioning Djokovic, but he has not played well at this tournament. I thought he looked pretty lousy against Jera. I didn't like the way he looked against Goyo, even though it was a straight set win. Meanwhile, Fritz hasn't dropped a set all tournament. Uh, like you guys said, during the day, the balls are flying, so I think that he's going to be serving really well in this match. We've seen Djokovic kind of struggle with a big server in the past. I thought Hercotch had a chance to actually beat him at Wimbledon. I know that he's not quite on that level as a server, but I do think if the adrenaline's there and he's able to control it, I think Fritz is going to be able to get to a tiebreaker, maybe two tiebreakers, and I trust him to win at least one set. I think that the crowd's going to really help him here. I think another thing that's going to help him, Zico, is the conditions. I'm literally – I've only been standing out here doing the show for 15 minutes. I am sweating. 
I am very hot. It is humid. This is not good news for Novak Djokovic. I know, obviously, the man can, I mean, he's played in 40-degree weather in Serbia. He can play in basically any weather. But he really loves to absorb pace. That's what we know about Novak Djokovic. He loves to play in matches where he can take the opponent's, uh, you know, best weapons, right, and neutralize them. Uh, Taylor Fritz's ability to generate pace here, I think, is going to do him wonders. I also agree with you, Zico, that I, Djokovic just hasn't really played anybody. I think he's good, but I think he, he has, he, he's not really ready to step up quite uh, quickly to this level of competition that he's going to face with Taylor Fritz. I think it's going to take him a little time to adjust. I think Taylor Fritz wins the set. He's doing a lot of damage with that two-handed backhand. And people on Twitter, the Taylor Fritz haters, there are many of them, they have, they're scoffing at this kid's job. They say, oh, who did he beat? He beat no one. Mensik, who's this? He's not... Uh, look, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, Dominic Stricker, you can look at that match and you can say, hey, Dominic Stricker was exhausted. He had nothing left. He was always going to lose 3-0 to Fritz. Dominic Stricker played that match just, just like he played the Sitsipas match, just like he played the Bonzi match. I was at both. He looked great. He did not look tired, which was crazy because we haven't really seen him ever do this at a Grand Slam. Looked fine. Um, yeah. And Fritz, is, Fritz, Fritz took some body blows and he won that match and he looked strong. So I think Taylor Fritz can take a set here. And also... The Cincinnati match was way different, Zico. You're the core condition. Well, maybe I'm the core condition guy. I don't know. But that the Cincinnati court guy. played so fast. That Cincinnati court plays so fast, as we all know. This court today, especially in all this humidity, is going to play so slow. That would, it seemed to maybe favor Djokovic, but I also think it's just going to be a much different match, much more physical battle. And that's something that I think Taylor Fritz is going to thrive in. Draw shaming is very weird. I agree with that. It's bizarre that you would do Terrible. that. Like it you happens every tournament. Say. I hate it. And yeah, Djokovic because we have is also, so many great players on tour and both yeah. and on both tours. Yeah, it's it's annoying. I would say too, Djokovic has been in energy conservation mode. He's going to do enough to win the match. It's not about winning in straight sets for him. Understandable there. And Pam, this is kind of a triple synergy across the board. You're calling your shot, Djokovic, to win in four exactly at plus two thirty. So you're kind of in the same exact wavelength here. I'm not calling it exact. I just don't see this going five sets. I think Djokovic is still the more elite player. And when you watch Fritz play Djokovic, all the weapons and talent and skill set that we know Fritz has, he just doesn't really – it doesn't really translate when it plays Djokovic. And I know that we saw him do really well at the Australian Open. That was in 2021. <laughs> but, like, all the matches after – it's kind of been like a little bit of duds, and I don't know what it is about Fritz. Maybe he's just like, oh, it's Djokovic on the other side of the net. Maybe it's a little bit more mental than it is physical. I don't think the conditions are going – I'm not as worried as Djokovic as you guys are. Um, I think he's one of those players that he just figures it out, and he's had enough competition. He's had enough match history with Fritz that there's nothing that's going to surprise him. So – yeah, no, it's it's understandable. I think they're going to play tight sets. I, I don't know how many there will play, but I think this is going to be a live bet and one to consider. Uh, more synergy. I want to get to this one, Zico. You guys, and, and Kenny expressed his love for her in the matchup and maybe a future ticket, but you're both on Kristea to beat Muhova at plus 160. Yeah, this is just a conditions play for me because I thought Muhova had a lot of trouble with Goff in the Cincinnati uh, match that they played. I thought she was really uh, gasping for air and just ran out of energy late in that match. I think that this is going to be somewhat similar. I can see her getting tired, and I think Cerstea has been playing really well at this tournament. I thought that win over Ravakina was very impressive. I'm, I'm with Zico. I think Cerstea has been playing very underrated ball. I, I really do think she's played very good defense. You looked at the match. I look at the match against Ravakina. It was similar conditions. That was, I mean, it was at night, so the moisture 
was certainly on the court, and I, I thought that she grinded out some great points. I just, I, again, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I don't think Mukova has looked at the same level as Kirsea. I don't really understand these odds. And uh, like most of the matches in this tournament, I think a lot, too much history is going into these odds and, and not enough recency bias. Like, I, I think if you, if you want to look at the players playing better, looking hotter, it's Kirsea. Fair points across the history comment. I did want to get into one of mine. You know, we, we had, you know, the futures board up and uh, Zico specifically, because I know you've, you know, been playing the long shots too. I think there's value in Quinwin Zhang at plus 1500 here. Yeah. I love it, Nick. Okay. All right. See, I've gone to the dark side. I was all smart with my picks. <laughs> now you've just turned me into just shoot for the moon. But hey, I think she's got the game. And I think it's only a matter of time before she's into semis somewhat regularly in the major circuit. So why not right now? And she's I don't like, hate that at I all. Mean, yeah, I mean, Zico also, like, hasn't she – she's looked fit. She's looked like no fitness concerns whatsoever. She's she's coming through these matches pretty cleanly, and you were the one telling me, Zach, that she misses a lot, but I haven't seen her miss many balls at all. Yeah, I was worried about her against Javor. I thought that maybe the pressure would get to her and she'd start spraying on forced errors. She's not been doing that, like you said. I think she's got all the potential in the world, so I think we're just seeing a player that – you know, deserves to be here and is in, you know, in the big stage. Well, we're going to keep it going with some more picks on Tennis Bets Live. A lot to get to. There's a primetime match today. So the synergy is going to take a break right now because we've got some people going against each other. Um, and it involves that Tiafo ben Shelton match. So we'll start with this. And I know, and I want Pam's comments as well, because Zico's coming in back in Tiafo minus one and a half sets at minus 130. Kenny's obviously on the other side. I think he's been pretty vocal with his Shelton money line take. Before we get to the boys, Pam, let's look at your action on this. How do you see this one going? I absolutely am impressed with Ben Shelton. I have been what he has, the weapons that he has. Yes, being a left-handed player is always going to be to his benefit because players just naturally have difficulty against that. But he has a very powerful backhand. He has he has both the, the forehand and the backhand that he's able to utilize. What we saw from his match the other night against Tommy Paul's is Tommy Paul was trying to like exploit the weaker side of his backhand and it wasn't there. It didn't exist. It was actually probably to Ben Shelton's benefit that he was hitting to his backhand because he just kept getting more, more and more into rhythm with it. He just, I was super impressed with that match and how, how he handled um, Tommy Paul. However, I do love Tiafo in this matchup because one, Tiafo has a very good history against left-handed players. So that's not even a factor. 8-0 this year alone um, against lefties. But what I like about this more that's going to be of benefit is this is going to be a nighttime match for Tiafo, And I just believe that he has – you're going to see a really great match from two players who have a whole bunch of weapons in their bag. They both like to come into the net. They have the drop – they have the serve and volley. They have the drop shot. But I think that Tiafo, with the level of experience that he has, um, this being a nighttime match, his history against left-handed players, I would love to do a money line for Tiafo, but it's a little pricey at minus 250. I think he can come out with this in winning in four. Well, Kenny, I'll let you go now to defend the Shelton pick at the money line plus 210. I just want to also point out the fact that this is the night match like Djokovic Fritz during the day. It's a pretty impressive feat that this is the buzz, this match that we're talking about. But you're going with the Gator, the basically rookie on tour. Beat Tiafo money line plus 210. Yeah, and I, I think that was a big shocker to a lot of people here. We were all sort of surprised that Novak Djokovic was not put at night, but that's just the story that's been developing here. I mean, you know, if you had Nick Kyrgios, Alex Stevenor at the Australian Open, I'm sure they would be at the night session too, right? So uh, it's a very, very exciting time. 
for American tennis. I do think Ben Sheldon is better at tennis than Francis Tiafoe. I'm just going to come out and say that. And I think a year from now, Pam said she wants to take the Tiafoe money line. I think that's because this is essentially a pick em, right? I think both mm-hmm. of these guys in a year, Tiafoe might be a minus 130 favorite in this match. He might even be the underdog. Mm-hmm. I think that, that, that the implied chances of Ben Shelton winning are incredibly greater than what we're seeing with the odds. I think he, you want to talk about a night match? You want to talk about Francis Tiafoe just turning up for a night match because we know he always brings his best level. Ben Shelton has had one of the worst years of any professional player on tour in the top 60, right? All of a sudden at the U.S. Open, he's serving 150 and bringing his best level. And I think that that is yeah. – so if you want to make an argument for, hey, well, Tiafo's had a bad year, and this is a night match, uh, one of the biggest matches of his, of his season, you could say the same thing about Ben Shelton, who has raised his level to a, a place yeah. we had not even seen. Not even last year at the U.S. Open when he lost to Nuno Borges in the first round. I do think that Ben Shelton's return is going to be the big factor in this match. Against Aslan Karatsev, he won over 50% of second serve points. Against Tommy Paul, he made a ton of noise in return games. Now, was that a fluke? That's the big question here because Tommy Paul said after his match, he wasn't happy with the pop that he was getting on his serve. We also know Karatsev to be a very inconsistent server. Zico and I, who've been betting him for years, know that better than anybody. So I'm curious to see how he fares against Francis's serve. Francis obviously has a big serve, but I do think he's made some significant strides in the return. And that is always been the biggest weakness. That's been what's really held him back from winning more matches. I think if he can return like that against Tiafo, and I do believe he can, he's going to win this match. I think he comes out, he wins one or two of the first three sets. I think he comes away from the victory here. I just think once he gets a head start against Tiafo, another thing I'll point out, so I have a lot of thoughts on this match. One other thing, very quickly, Tiafo's last two matches, Adrian Manorino, he was up a break in the fourth. He went down a break. He broke back, got to a tie break. Manorino really should have won that tie break, really should have won that close, set. Yeah. He did not serve out the match against Ringi at Kijikata. He's had those Tiafo lapses, those lapses in focus that we really got upset that we would see all the time, uh, right. really over the last few years. He's starting to have them again now, and I just think if he has a loose service game and he gives Shelton the break lead, he's not getting the break back. That's that's a good point, that you're facing a big server, so you can't have those games. But and he Zico, has had them. Zico, make that much maligned argument that Kenny just referenced. Make that Tiafo argument. Yeah, I'm just trying not to be like a prisoner of the moment with Shelton. It's I, it's really impressive what he's done at the Grand Slams. I see all the potential. I know the serve is huge, the forehand's huge, but it's still a guy that's 7-17 seven and 17 on the year outside of Grand Slams. It's really hard to ignore that. And, you know, for all the talk of Shelton's serve, Tiafos has a whole percentage of like 86% this year. He's gotten much better from last year. I think he's having by far the best season of his career, even though it might not feel like it. And like Pam said, the experience is huge. Playing at night in front of this crowd is huge. I know that they're both Americans, but I do think there's a special love that the New York fans have for Tiafo. So I do think they'll be in his corner in this match, which could kind of frustrate Shelton a little bit. And yeah, I just think that the overall game isn't there yet for Shelton. I think that Tiafo is a little bit well, you know, a little more well-rounded and just, I don't know, sturdy mentally. Can we talk about his serve, though, for a minute? Like, if for people who are maybe haven't been watching Ben Shelton, he had a 149-mile-per-hour serve against Tommy Paul. The fastest was Andy Roddick at a 152. And he's only, what, like 20 years old? Like, he's he's a young kid. He's a young pup. He's going to get the record. Like He's going to get the record. (laughs) Maybe not at this tournament. Maybe not at this tournament. But he already has the fastest serve for this tournament this year. But, I mean, yeah, like, his serve is absolutely massive. I'm going to make a bold pick. I think he's, I think he's going to get the record or come close. I think he's going to have his fastest serve of the tournament in this match. And I also, Zico would say, 
Logic said Tommy Paul would, would smoke, whoop Ben Shelton, right? Like he, he did in Australia. He really should have won 3 0 in Australia. Logic would have said last year that Carlos Alcaraz smokes Francis Tiafo. And what did Tiafo do? He took two sets off of Carlos Alcaraz. We did not see that coming. We always thought all the way that Carlos in that match was going to roll Tiafo. Uh, so, I mean, Logic doesn't really prevail all the time in these sorts of matches. I just think Ben Shelton's got that magic on his racket, man. I think he's going to do a lot better than odds makers really expect him to do. And I don't see, by the way, any signs that he's feeling it physically. He looks as fit as no. anyone left in this draw. Yeah. Well, he's from yeah. Florida. He's, oh, he's good physically. Yeah. Exactly. He's, he's, he knows how to deal with this heat. Pam, you know that. We talked about that. We talked about Kenny does, when he first. Does any part of you, Kenny? Sorry. Wow. Go ahead, man. <laughs> go ahead. Save it for 3 p.m., Zach. <laughs> I, I, no, I don't think I'm going to be out at 3 p.m. today. Yeah. But I was going to oh, say, God. does any part of you not worry that Tiafo is going to be locked in for this match because it's another American on the other side of the net? Like, I don't think he's going to want to let himself lose to a to younger Americans, American. He has the crowd. Even even though it is to Americans, who's going to have be the crowd favorite? Still Tiafo. Yeah, that's – I don't know. I don't know. I think it will I, be I think like that's 60, going to be – I think it's gonna. 45, I think Ben Shelton is going to win over the crowd in that first set very quickly. I think it's gonna be. I really think Francis actually might start to get frustrated because okay. he's used to playing with overwhelming support, and at the very least, it's going to be split support. Um, like I, I, even if he played it, Tommy Paul or, or or Taylor Fritz or Jensen yeah. Brooksby, whatever, whoever it is, he's always gonna have overwhelming support doesn't matter if it's another american if it was taylor fritz you wouldn't you would think taylor fritz was from sweden so i i, I think that this is gonna throw him off a little bit Raleigh opelka always used to say right when you go on the court and you have the biggest serve and the other guy has you always have a biggest serve in every match and the other guy has a bigger serve it's unsettling and that that happens anytime in tennis where something is unusual to you it's foreign to you that is what's going to happen with fritz or uh, tiapo today rather He's going to be like, well, I'm so used to having the crowd on my side. It's going to throw, throw him off mentally. I think that's going to be a big factor. All right. I can't wait for that one. It's the night match. It's going to be buzzing at Flushing Meadows. Uh, before we wrap this up, Pam, one final pick from you. And we're looking at tomorrow. You like Medvedev in the spread. Four games. Minus 120 is what I'm seeing now against Rublev. Why are you leaning this way heading into the All-Russian affair tomorrow? I just don't think that Rublev will ever be the player that we want him to be. <laughs> and Medvedev, he's just, I mean, if as long as Rublev is still going to be a baseline game, Medvedev is going to take the cake every time. I think Medvedev has looked uh, a little rubbish <laughs> in a few spots in this tournament, but this is going to be his wheelhouse, baseline against baseline. And, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's during the day or if it's at night. He's still a better baseliner, especially in this matchup, and that's purely, like, the reason why. <laughs> Zico, do you have a line on this one? I don't have anything, you know, any strong opinions on this. I have Rublev plus 600 to win the quarter, and I have Rublev plus 4,000 to win the tournament, which I'm hoping to hedge if he gets another round. So Very I'm just surprised. hoping for the best here. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm, uh, yeah, I just think that, I don't know, this line is really suspect to me. I think that Medvedev, I thought we were going to be looking at minus 350, minus 400. Kenny, I know you said maybe minus 500. So I do think the odds maker sees something that's making them think Rublev can win. All right. I, I, I think I, I'm with Pam here. I think the head-to-head is Medvedev. It's like it's it's like Seth Rollins beats Roman Reigns every single time, man. Medvedev beats Rublev every single time. And I also don't think Rublev has played nearly as well as he, I've seen him play in years past at the U.S. Open or even earlier this year. I, I, I still think he looks flat. I thought he really gave Jack Draper a lot of chances to get back in that match. I thought he didn't take breaks that he should have, uh, made a lot of forehand errors. 
And Medvedev, you know, it, it's really just ho-hum. It's, it's business as usual for him, even though he dropped the first set to Demonor yesterday. It was really kind of a fluke break, right? He just he, he tried to hit a drop shot instead of a smash and got broken. If it wasn't for that, he probably doesn't get broken the whole match. So uh, I, I, I do feel as though Medvedev is operating at a very high level. And I still, he is at the same exact price, fellas and ladies, as he was before the tournament. Crazy. I still like getting yeah. in on Medvedev to win this tournament. I really think he can do it. Agree with those points there. I like Medvedev as well. Uh, this has been a fun show, gang. Uh, last thing, I had to get this in for Zico because I want to just get a little conflict with him. I am going Marquetta against Keys later today. Uh, that is okay. not a moment. Keys okay. says one all these. Oh, no, she's lost a few of these big matches. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> so we'll see. Hey, worth a shot. I like Marquetta. I think she's been playing well, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. Before we wrap this up, Kenny, around the grounds, I know we're going to hear from you later today. Final thoughts heading into this Djokovic match and uh, what you're looking forward to see. My final thoughts is it is hot, it is sticky, it is gross. And uh, do with that information what you will. I think Great. that it's, I think it's going to be a physical war out there. Tonight it's going to be a physical war as well. These are extreme playing conditions, and all the players are all in agreement that they have rarely played in anything like this. So it's really going to push everyone to the limit physically out there. Um, I think we're going to see some, some wild variants in these matches and I'm very much looking forward to it. Zico going into uh, quarterfinals. We've already started one. We've got a lot of big matches today. I mean, I guess just looking down the road, I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself with Alcaraz over Zverev, but I am looking forward to potentially taking Alcaraz against Djokovic. I just think that the line keeps flipping a little bit too much every single time they play. I think that it really should be close to minus 110, minus 110 every single time we see them. So anytime you're getting plus 150 on one of them, just take it. I think that Alcaraz is going to have a good shot against Djokovic. I don't think that Djokovic is hitting that forehand as well as he did in Cincinnati. I think there's a really good chance we see another major for Carlos. I, th I think you missed Carlos against Djokovic. Yes, it is Carlos for me. I agree with you. Ooh. I think you misspoke. I, 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 you were supposed to say that you're looking forward to betting Ben Shelton against Djokovic, right? That's what the, the call was. <laughs> Every tournament, I change my screen according to who I'm uh, who I'm rooting for. So this week it's Carlitos. Let's go. <laughs> ben <laughs> Shelton um, can and will beat Novak Djokovic. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That would be insane. I, I can't even deal hey, with what you're doing. The hype, hey, the hype would saying, be wild. Stars are, stars are made in matches like that, right? And they're not wow. a star until they are. Uh, I, I think I think that Djokovic, that could be a tough match for him. Okay. And I know Pam's got this Verov Alcaraz, like a lot of action across the board, maybe multiple different feeds of the same match, some ISO cams in there, really getting after it. I will be watch I'll be at the sports book. <laughs> All right. Well, hey. I'm in Vegas. Yeah, especially. Yeah. Oh, nice little flex <laughs> there for uh, I know. <laughs> major flex. <laughs> no, just has to flex on us on the way out like that. Well, we were uh, really enjoying having tennis bets. We're going to be back again on Friday. We'll have the women's final set. We'll also have the men's semifinals on tap. Going to be a good show. Can't wait for that. Four the panel of guests for Kenny Ducey, for Zachary Cohn, for Pamela Maldonado. I'm Mitch Michaels, your host. We're on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network as well. So check us out on all your platforms. And we'll be back on Friday to talk the final championship weekend of the U.S. Open. Talk to you later from Tennis Bets.